contrary to popular belief, I did not turn the heat on this morning to try to promote giving to the air conditioning fund. God did that for me. When I, when I got here at 7 a.m., the place was all locked up and windows closed. It was 86 degrees in here. I think if you look now, it's around 80. It's a little better. And it's going to get hotter. <laughs> it's going to get hotter. Thank all the musicians again for their dedication. I really appreciate that. If you're just joining us now for our podcast, I'm thankful you're joining in for our message this morning. Again, I'm Pastor Bryce with Green Street United Methodist Church. If we can serve you in any way, if we can pray for you, send us an electronic message using whatever means you like. We are continuing in our series on John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And uh, as most of you know, if you've been following along for the last few weeks, this dialogue in chapter 8 has been growing more and more intense. Hear now the word of God, beginning with verse 48. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself and my glory means nothing, my Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Sing this choral response with me, please. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I want to be a living sanctuary. 
for you. Let's pray. Holy God, make your, your word alive in our hearts. Make my words better than their own so that your word would work its miracle in our hearts, souls, and minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before Abraham was, I am. We've talked about the I am statements in the Gospel of John before. There are how many of them? Very good. That's question number two on your final exam. There are seven. And despite what you might think, this reading today is not one of those seven. <laughs> All of the rest of those I am statements follow the same pattern grammatically. It's subject, predicate, I am something, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection, I am the way, the truth, the life, I am the true vine. But this I am statement doesn't follow that pattern at all, does it? And at first blush, it seems like Jesus doesn't have very good command of grammar at all. Before G before Abraham was born, I am, that ain't good grammar. That ain't good grammar. Still, I think this I am statement is, well, I think it's the most profound of all of them. Before Abraham was, I am. It's the most all-encompassing statement about who Jesus is, the very being of Jesus, and about the utter uniqueness of Jesus. Jesus is the only one who could have said this about himself. There are many who have claimed to be like Jesus. Many have said Jesus was just one of many prophets or seers or great moral teachers who were just as holy, just as enlightened, just as loving as Jesus. But those who think that way neglect to consider that Jesus is the only one who claimed to be God. He's the only one of all those great moral teachers, religious leaders. And, well, some of them did claim to be God, don't get me wrong. But they didn't prove it, <laughs> like Jesus did, by rising from the dead. Jesus proved his power over all creation by calming the seas, by conquering death eternally forevermore, by leaving that empty grave for all time as witness to all of us. We'll look at those claims in more detail today in this scripture reading. If you've been following this series, you know that this passage we read today is a continuation of that larger conversation in the temple area at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles and following the Feast of Tabernacles. And each night of that festival during the Feast of Tabernacles, there would be this incredible light show. That's hard for us to imagine today because we think of light shows. We need electricity, right? But the priests would light these big, I don't know what they were, oil lamps, I guess, oil lamps. 
And they said it was so bright around the temple that you could see the glow of that light all over Jerusalem. It was a huge light show. And that light show was, well, in honor of the fact that they symbolized God's light and glory coming in the past. And they expressed the prayers and wishes that God's light would come once again whenever the Messiah would come. And it was an all-nighter. They burned all night long. And so earlier in the chapter, you may recall, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, another one of those I am statements. I am the light of the world during that feast of the tabernacles. And what we sometimes fail to realize is by him saying that, he was saying, I am the glory of God. I am the Messiah in that context of that Feast of Tabernacles. So with that wild claim of Jesus that he was the light of the world, the Messiah, with that fresh in their minds, now in today's reading, Jesus continues to make even wilder claims about himself. And each one of those claims grows in its intensity. Each one is more astonishing than the last one. And it forces those in the crowd to either, well, fall down and worship Jesus or stoop down and pick up stones to throw at Jesus. The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Well, Jesus doesn't really address the Samaritan thing, but that was obviously a, a cultural put down, you know how they felt about Samaritans. Almost being a Samaritan was the same as being demon-possessed in a Jew's mind. You can understand why the Jews thought that he was demon-possessed. I mean, how else could he have done all the miracles he did? Why else would he be making these crazy claims about himself, this Messiah complex thing? He had to be demon-possessed or some kind of psychological disorder was going on? I mean, who would claim to be the Messiah? Throughout history, people have debated whether Jesus was who he claimed to be, whether he was a great moral teacher, a prophet, a seer, like so many others, or whether he was some sort of madman, demon-possessed or otherwise. The great Christian apologist C.S. Lewis wrote, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. Either Jesus was and is the Son of God, or else he is insane or evil, demon-possessed, if you will. You can understand why folks jump to that conclusion in this dialogue today. And Jesus responds to them quite matter-of-factly, quite coolly, doesn't he? Verse 49, I'm, I'm not demon-possessed, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. Let him be the judge. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm not possessed. And then he gives it to God. He says, I don't seek my own glory. There's one who seeks my glory, God. He'll be the judge. Jesus is calm, cool, and collected at this point. There's no retaliation, no name-calling in return, no getting angry and striking back. 
He says, leave it to God. Let God be the judge if I'm demon-possessed. And then Jesus makes an even wilder claim about himself. He says, very truly I tell you, very truly I tell you, not falsely, falsely I tell you, very truly I tell you, if you obey my word, if you obey my word, you will never see death. Whoa, this really incensed the Jews in the crowd. If you obey my word, you'll never see death. I read recently that one of the most pervading psychological things, almost a disorder in the world today, is the fear of death that people have. <laughs> They're afraid to die. Even Christians, even I've known Christians who are afraid to die. They're afraid of death. And because sometimes we are afraid of death, even that happens as a church, we're afraid to try. <laughs> we're afraid to fail. I've seen time and time again churches die because they're afraid to die. They're afraid to spend their money on outreach or doing something new and wild. <laughs> they're afraid to spend their money because they think somehow it's going to run out. <laughs> I've seen that time and time again. As soon as you get in that state as a church or as an individual, you are pretty much dead. <laughs> you are pretty much dead. Jesus said, if you obey my word, you'll never see death. He's claiming power over life and death. And at this, this of course, they said, okay, now, now we really know you are demon-possessed. That's the limit. We, you are absolutely demon-possessed. Abraham died, so did the prophets. Yet you say, if you obey your word, we're never going to taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Who do you think you are? <laughs> the Jews are just staggered by Jesus' claim. Whoever obeys my word will never see death. They, they respond in this way. We sometimes respond when we feel angered at somebody bragging or boasting. Who do you think you are anyways? You talk about never seeing death. Well, even Abraham died, the greatest of all of our forefathers. Even Abraham died. All the great people of our faith died. Isaiah, Jeremiah, they all died. Are you greater than all of them? Are you greater than Abraham? Who do you claim to be? And Jesus, again, is calm, cool, and collected, isn't he? He says, why don't you ask God who I am? You claim to know him so well. Why don't you ask him if I glorify myself? Jesus replies, so to speak, if I glorify myself, that means nothing but my Father glorifies me. Ask God. And just when you think Jesus can't say anything more <laughs> damning to himself in front of these people, 
he does. <laughs> Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, he says. <laughs> verse, verse 56. Jesus is saying, so to speak, that, well, okay, you want to mention Abraham, our great fourth? Let's talk about Abraham, Jesus said. Okay, let's talk about Abraham. Abraham is my credential. Abraham is my proof. Abraham looked forward to my day. 2,000 years ago, Abraham approved of me. Abraham understood who I am and what I'm here to do. And when he saw it, he rejoiced. It can't get any deeper and tougher than the situation Jesus is in, can it? <laughs> it can't, can it? It does. <laughs> and then Jesus takes it even one step further. So they replied to his last statement, you're not yet 50 years old. You claim to see Abraham? Then Jesus says, again, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. At this, that was the limit. They picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself and slipped away. You know, I think this is one of the most absolutely amazing statements in all of Scripture. It separates Jesus from all the rest of the so-called prophets and religious leaders. It separates him from all of them. Do not let anybody ever tell you that Jesus didn't claim to be God, because that is exactly what Jesus is claiming to be here. Literally, Jesus is saying, before Abraham came into being, I existed, that verb of being. In fact, Jesus uses two very distinct verbs of being, to be. Abraham became, but I already was there. He doesn't even say, before Abraham was, I was, better grammatically. But that would have justified what some cults say, that Jesus was just one of many, just a higher being, but still not fully God. Rather, Jesus uses that name that, that God used for himself when he revealed himself to Moses, that ultimate character of God, the I am, the pure being. He always was, he always will be. I am that I am. And you know, that's ultimately all we could ever know about God. God is. He's pure being. That's all anybody could ever really know about God, except for Jesus Christ. <laughs> because Jesus Christ is God. And Jesus Christ reveals to us the nature of God. As Selena mentioned, when Moses went down to Egypt to talk to the Pharaoh, he knew that he had to have some kind of authority to say, who, who do I tell the Pharaoh that is sending me here to set my people free, if you will? And God said, well, just tell him that I am. I exist. <laughs> I am who I am. That's my name. That's it. 
And this is the way that Jesus identifies himself in this crowd, this crowd that could not have interpreted that statement any other way than Jesus claiming to be divine. It's his unique claim to deity. Do not let anyone ever tell you that Jesus didn't claim to be God. Jesus makes three wild claims in this passage today. Wild claims. He claims that he existed before Abraham was born a couple thousand years ago. In fact, Jesus always existed. We read about that earlier in John's Gospel, didn't we? Co-creator. He said that he claimed to be God. He said he had power over life and death. If you hear one thing this morning, just one thing, know that Jesus has power over death. You don't need to live in fear of death. The whole world is afraid to die. You don't need to be. Because Jesus said, if you obey my words, you will never see death. It's an incredible claim, isn't it? It's an incredible claim. And then one step further. The greatest claim of all, he claimed to be God, the Holy One, the I Am, I Am. Jesus is the only one who claimed this outright. And he proved it by showing his power over creation, by calming the seas, by conquering death eternally, by leaving an empty grave for all time for you and me. The record is clear. All other tombs of so-called religious leaders and epitomes of God's revelation are still occupied. You can go there. People still go there on pilgrimages to worship their dead leader. Mohammed's tomb is occupied. Buddha's tomb is occupied. I could go on and on. Jesus' tomb is empty. And as we come to the close of this remarkable passage, we have to ask ourselves, what shall we make of these claims? We can bow down and worship him. We can stone him. Or probably worse, we could ignore him. We could ignore him. But praise God, Jesus is so gracious. He never gives up on us. I know that it's easy to be so unsure, to make no decision, to seal up the door. Still, he keeps knocking. You are never forsaken. Pretend you don't hear him, but you know you are mistaken. I wrote a song about that a few years ago, a number of years ago now, back in the 80s. <laughs> and with the help of Margaret and Sheila, I'm going to sing it for you to close out this message. It's called, I Am, I Am.
walk this land much like you and me changed the lives of many men altered history prophet seer charlatan or just a man of love no one seems to know just who he was scholars can't define him he's beyond their comprehension labels can't confine him to behave the way you want him no earthly explanation satisfies the things he did yet people still refuse the words he said i am the one who calmed the waters by the sea i am the one who conquered death eternally i am the only one to leave an empty grave i've told you who i am and said it plain i am i am just say he's one of many differences between them now are very few if any listen to the movies proclaimed throughout the land he's just like all the others and he's only just a man can't define him he's beyond their comprehension labels can't confine him to behave the way you want him no earthly explanation satisfies the things he did yet people still refuse the words he said i am the one who the waters by the sea I am the one who conquered death eternally I am the only one to leave an empty grave I've told you who I am and said it plain I am I I know that it's easy to be so unsure to make no decision to seal up the door still he keeps knocking you are never forsaken pretend you don't hear him but you know you are mistaken I am the one who calmed the 
waters by the sea. I am the one who conquered death eternally. I am the only one to leave an empty grave. I've told you who I am and said it plain. I am, I am. And that is my testimony. You may stand for the benediction, if you would, please. Praise God that he sent Jesus Christ so that we could know God and so that we don't need to be afraid of death. And Jesus is the only one that can give you that guarantee. Amen? Go in his peace. Amen.